Hey there, welcome to BSing with Brandy, where my goal is to help you get shit done. I'm your host, Brandy Good, and today we're going to talk about why you need to work out a detailed process and workflow before you start paying for the business tools that are going to execute or automate those processes. And I'm going to use the specific example of email marketing and walk you through what would happen if I suddenly had to choose a new email marketing platform for a email process that I'm going to implement. So our topic today came from a couple of recent experiences with email. Uh, The first was a client who needed to set up a lead magnet funnel that turned into the most painful email experience of my life. And the second was the three-part series we just did inside our membership group, School for Heartful Entrepreneurs, where we covered in quite a bit of detail uh, a comparison of the features across about nine different email platforms. So what I'm going to cover in this episode today, uh, what can go wrong when you pick your platform first? The number one business platform, people seem to be constantly jumping around and how this is wasting your time and potentially harming your business. Hint, it has to do with email. (laughs) And three, the process and workflow I document if I, like I said, if I was choosing a new email marketing platform and um, a specific process within that. So let's get started. Uh, And... I have a question for you guys first. So have you ever signed up for a service or tool all excited that it was going to transform the very fabric of your business? Now, tell me, did that happen? (laughs) If yes, yay, good for you. If it didn't, and I'm assuming a lot of you are saying no, that didn't happen. Um, So if it didn't, you probably fell into one of two camps. So one, you ended up not using it because you, uh, once you logged in, you weren't sure what to do with it. All your plans were just kind of like, I don't know what to do now. Or you ended up not using it because once you logged in, you realized that it didn't really do things the way you need to. Um, so to add insult to injury, uh, you were probably paying, you know, maybe hundreds of dollars for the shiny new tool that's just sitting on the shelf because you're not using it. Um, And you might be saying, hey, Brandy, I did my research. I reviewed the features. I comparison shopped. I talked to other users. So like I did all the things that you are always telling me to do. So what is going on? What the hell? Um, My gut tells me that if you had a set process for what you were trying to accomplish with that software, um, you probably would have realized during the research that that platform you ended up choosing wasn't going to be a good fit. And why is that? Because you would have been researching very specific things that you needed it to do as opposed to more general things. So, I'm going to give you an example of what happens when when things go awry. (laughs) 
So now I had a super detailed example um, of the way things can go wrong when you pick your platform before your process. But honestly, uh, I looked at all my notes and it would have taken me the entire episode uh, just to explain the example to you. So I'm going to sum it up like this. So a client signed up for an email marketing platform. So that's what she did first. Then she set out a process for an opt-in funnel. Um, And she was committed to that platform and the plan she'd chosen. Unfortunately, they weren't sufficient to support the process that she wanted, the funnel that she wanted to set up. The stuff, the software just wasn't going to do this thing easily. Um, Now, in the end, I was able to make it work because my job, of course, is to figure shit shit out, right? But it took about six hours of research and testing and will be a nightmare to maintain going forward. So I don't know that I personally count that as a win, like a win with an asterisk saying, this may cause problems in the future. (laughs) Um, And so just to kind of uh, compare that, uh, I've done a similar setup on a different platform uh, and did everything I did for her in less than an hour. Um, So all of the money that she saved by keeping the lower cost platform that wasn't necessarily designed to do what she needed, went to me figuring out how to make it work. Now I'm all for making money, but in the end I much would have rather um, have just had her upgrade or switch to the, the, I don't wanna say better platform, the more advanced platform uh, so that we could set it up easily and would be easier for her to maintain. And then the other time and money could have been spent working on another project. So (laughs) that's just a real life example of how things can get really messed up. If you pick a platform and you're like married to it before you actually work out what you need it to do. So lesson learned everyone. Um, Now, before I get into the example I talked about that I was gonna walk you through, Let's talk for a second about how people seem to be constantly jumping from platform to platform when it comes to email marketing. Um, I'm always seeing people talking about how they switched from this to that and then this to that and oh, back to this. And it's really common to see articles um, about like why I switched from platform A to platform B. I don't want to actually call out any platforms in this episode. <laughs> um, and it got it got me thinking like what what is it with email platforms that people are constantly jumping around because that's not so common on other platforms. And I don't get it. And since I started sending emails on a regular basis, which I wasn't doing email marketing when I first started my business, so let's say regular email has been going on for six years solid. I, in that six years, I only switched platforms 
once. And that was an evaluation and implementation that took months from from start to finish. And there were valid um, business reasons, financial and functional reasons for why I did that. <laughs> so it wasn't just a, ooh, that looks nice. I'm going to switch to that. It, it wasn't like that at all. Um, so if you're one of those people who, like you, you're doing email or maybe you've signed up for something and you just haven't started using it yet and there's like this shiny thing over here that's like, ooh, sign up for me. I'm a great platform. Everyone loves me. Um, before you make the switch, stop and think for a second. Uh, I want you to consider how much time it takes you to import and tag all of your subscribers, to recreate your welcome emails and your automated sequences. And then on top of that, think about all the tools that you use that are connected to your email service. Um, it might be something on your website uh, or like Zapier or something. Once you switch and the old account goes away, all of those things are broken and you need to remember to set them up. Otherwise, you're going to miss potentially really important things. And finally, there is always a risk that constantly switching platforms is actually going to damage your deliverability. So you might have been going along fine and then you switch to a new service that has uh, maybe not as good deliverability or different settings in how um, you set up your email records and suddenly your emails are going to spam to people who used to get them in their inbox fine. Uh, and once and if that goes on too long, it can be difficult to recover. So keep those things in mind before you just jump on the next the next thing that seems really exciting. Um, and and also if you ever have a question about wanting to switch platforms, whether it be email or, or anything, just drop me a line and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? <laughs> so let's get to the example that I wanted to talk about today. What process or workflow would I document if I was choosing an email platform for the first time or having to pick another one? So I'm not going to um, compare platforms. I'm not going to say, okay, in the end, I'm going to pick this one. What I want to walk you through is the actual documenting of the process, because this is the important part that is going to make sure that you pick the right tool for the job, which will prevent you again from like leapfrogging from platform to platform or having something that doesn't work the way you want it to and just, you know, wasting your money on it. So um, it may surprise no one that I already have all of this stuff documented, but for the moment, let's pretend I don't and let's walk through it. And who knows, maybe as we're going through it, I'll think of something that I didn't think of before and be like, oh, I'm glad I did this exercise. Uh, and also in the interest of time, I'm not going to cover all of the things that I do with email. We would be here too long. Um, I'm going to pick one specific thing that I want to do with email, which is the lead funnel that I'm currently putting together. So keep in mind, even if um, putting together a lead funnel, if maybe you're doing the exact same thing that I'm doing right now, 
all of your steps might not be the same. Your end goal might be a little bit different. Um, what you want to happen in certain places might be a little bit different. So use this more as an example of the process that you need to go through, the process to create your process, as it were. Um, and uh, the reason, this is the big reason why um, I tend to do all of these um, in-depth needs and gaps and gap analysis for my consulting clients is because everyone has something a little bit different about their business and their needs are a little bit different. And so the one size fits all um, doesn't work. I can't even think of a single example. I don't know. Buttons. I suppose my go-to example. <laughs> um, so what do I want to accomplish with this lead funnel? Okay, so this lead funnel is going to target my ideal audience with a free opt-in. Then I'm going to offer them a small paid product. And then I'm going to nurture them towards a larger paid offer, which is my main offer. So at a high level, let's start documenting what I need to do. So at this point, if you're kind of following along and doing, or if you're coming back to rewatch or re-listen to this, this is the point where you get out your notebook or you open up a spreadsheet or whatever you have and you start jotting things down, okay? So what do I need to do with this lead funnel? Well, I need to collect uh, a name and an email. I want to be able to share my sign-up link easily on social media. Now, notice right away, pause for a second, notice that these don't have anything to do with tech. Um, these are the things that need to, to happen, independent of whatever technology we're choosing. So that's kind of how you want to be thinking about this. Don't have any specific tool in mind. Figure out what you want to do. Um, okay, so I want to collect name and email. I want to be able to share my sign up link easily on social media. Uh, then, because I have other opt in funnels and other ways people can get on my list, I need to make sure that I can uniquely identify the people that sign up for this particular opt in. I want to be able to, going forward in the future, go, okay, yep, here's the list of people who signed up for this opt in. I also want people to get their their freebie that they're opting in for right away uh, without having to confirm their subscription. Then on the sign up thank you page after they've opted in, they're presented with a low cost offer. So here's kind of where the second part of it comes in. Uh, so they're presented with a low cost offer. And if they purchase that offer, I need in my email software, to be able to, again, identify the people who purchased that low cost or small offer. So going forward, it's easy to identify them. Then for people who opted in, but they saw that small offer and said, nope, not for me. And just, you know, said, no thanks or next or maybe later. <laughs> they are put into a value-based nurture sequence to warm them up for my main offer. 
So remember, there was the opt-in, the small offer, and the main offer. And these people opted in and said, nope, not interested to the small offer, but I still want to get them to the main offer. So now I have to get them, I have to warm them up more. However, we can't forget about the people who opted in and did buy the small offer. So now they are, they are already warmed up. They are almost smoking hot leads. Um, so they still get a value-based nurture sequence. I still want to send them value-based emails, um, but it's just likely the content or the length of that sequence will differ from the ones who opted in but didn't purchase the small offer. Then the next part of it is, so the people, everyone's in one of the nurture sequences. Um, at any point in either nurture sequence, if the subscriber books a call or just purchases directly, I need to make sure that they are taken out of that sequence because I don't want them to keep getting emails about something that they've already purchased or that they're already inquiring about. Um, I had a conversation with uh, about this with someone the other day about how annoying it is to get emails for things that you've already bought. <laughs> so we want to avoid that. Then the last part of that process is when there are people that went through the entire sequence and they, they got to the very end and they were still in there. Um, what happens to them at the end? I want them then to be put into my regular weekly um, email list that I send just value-based and um, you know anything new I see that's coming out. So that at a high level, that's the steps that I want to happen. The caveat is I want it to be all completely automated. I don't want to have to do anything until I see a notification come through that somebody booked a meeting or purchased something. And at that point, then of course, I have to research and show up for the meeting. But until that point, from the time they sign up, like they first opt in, until then, I don't want to have to do anything. So how can we get this done? Uh, at this point, then you might want to walk away. Um, if you're, <laughs> if you're watching or listening to this, um, as a recording at this point, you might want to hit pause and then go for a quick walk around your house, um, throw some things in the dishwasher or switch the laundry or whatever you need to do because the next step is to come back and take a second pass over all of those things to add in more details because those details are what are going to help you pick the platform that meets your needs. If you stop at this point and then go shopping for a platform, you're going to find that it seems like, you know, almost everything meets your needs. But once you start digging in, you'll realize, well, actually, no, I needed it to work this specific way and this thing doesn't do it. So let's take a second pass over all of those items and get a little bit more detailed, a little bit more techie, um, and you'll see what I mean. All right, so the first thing that we talked about, I want to collect name and email. So do I care if it's first name only or if it's the person's full name? Uh, 
I like to personalize emails and um, I've heard that they can sometimes have better deliverability. So for me, having their first name is mandatory. There are people out there that say, don't worry about name, just get emails. Uh, and that's fine. But for me, I want at least their first name. If I can ha get their first name and their last name, bonus. But uh, that's not going to, that's not going to hold me up. Then obviously, I need a form to collect the name and email. So the thing is, I don't think there exists an email platform out there that doesn't have forms built in. It's a pretty core component <laughs> of email marketing platforms, but we've got some options here. So if the, depending on what I need, um, I can use the, the form inside whatever platform I choose. If I already have contact forms on my website, which most platforms do, um, you know, like Squarespace and Kajabi have built-in contact forms, WordPress, there are tons of plugins out there for contact forms. So if you're already using those on your website and you like how they work, um, then if you're committed to that, then at that point, I would have to say, okay, I'm going to use the form on my website. So the email platform that I'm using, I have to be able to connect the form that I'm using my website with my email list. And so do these things have an integration? Um, and depending on if it's a popular email platform, it might. If it is new, <laughs> if it's a new platform or doesn't have a big user base, there might not be a built-in integration. Uh, if not, maybe it works with Zapier. Maybe I can tell Zapier, hey, when somebody fills out this form on my website, um, do this in my email platform. So, uh, you know, you have two options, the form in your platform or connecting your email platform to the form that are being used on your website. Uh, so for me at this point, I wouldn't necessarily know which one I'm going to pick, but I am aware that these are two options that I have. The next thing is I want to be able to share my sign up link easily on social media. So what does that mean? That means that I need something that has its own unique link. Um, so if there's a platform out there that has a form that you can embed, but doesn't have a unique link, well, then you know, I might have to do something different. So if I can only get embed code, that means I absolutely have to have some other software where I can create a landing page. So that might be something on my website. I might have to get some sort of funnel or landing page software um, and embed the form in that. So I have to keep that in mind as that's something I might have to do. Or does the email platform I'm looking for come with landing page functionality. So here's the thing about the landing page stuff. There, there are platforms out there that say they have landing pages built in. Um, sometimes it's just the form bigger on a single page. Um, 
sometimes you can sort of design it to some extent, but generally the customization is limited. So for me, I want to be able to customize it as much as possible to match my brand or to match the website or the web page or wherever it's going. I don't want it to stick out like, um, you know, how people, MailChimp forms, they all have the same look. And unless you can custom code, you can't change how they look. So whenever somebody has a MailChimp form on their site, you're like, that's a MailChimp form. Or if they've um, linked to the, the MailChimp landing page, it's like, that's MailChimp. Here I said I wasn't going to call out any platform, <laughs> so I lied. <laughs> um, anyway, so if the built-in, so I either need a platform that has landing pages built in that can be really, really highly customized, or it doesn't matter about landing pages and I just need to be able to embed that form on my own web page or landing page that I've created. You know, so if I already have tools that are going to do landing pages for me, then I might be okay just with something that can embed form and all platforms can do that. So I'm pretty safe uh, with that. Then the last thing about landing pages is if I'm considering um, boosting those social media posts where I promote my opt-in form um, or directly creating ads with them, it is so much better if the landing page that people go to in your ad is a link to your own owned domain. Um, if it's just a random link from an email service, or I know um, at one point people were having lots of trouble, I'm pretty sure this has been solved, um, but with lead pages, um, Facebook was rejecting their ads because it was a lead pages link. It was like, I don't know, leadpages.com slash your business name slash number, number, letter, letter. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably not right, but um, Facebook was going, or oh, you're directing them to just some other random place. And they're like, well, no, it's my lead pages account. It's my business. But Facebook doesn't know that. Um, so for me, once I've worked through all these things in my head, I'm pretty sure that, okay, I want it to be on a page, on a landing page that has my my own domain name. So for sure, I'm just gonna create the landing page somewhere else and just embed the form. So I don't need to worry so much about landing pages and customizations in whatever platform I'm going to um, choose. So now you can see in a way, we're not only identifying what we, what we really need, and in some cases, what, what is mandatory and what would be nice to have, but we can live without, but also the things that we don't need to worry about so much. And that's important. Um, so let's keep moving. Uh, the next thing was being able to identify the people that signed up for this specific opt-in. So this is so I can automate uh, future nurture sequences. Uh, so this can go one of two ways. Either I need to be able to give them a tag when they fill out a form so that I can easily see, okay, these people uh, have signed up for this opt-in, or the platform needs to segment the people under the hood. And so what I mean by that is uh, you could set up something um, 
that says, okay, send this email to people who subscribe to form XYZ. And that's kind of built into the platform as opposed to you saying, hey, send this to people with this tag. Now, just as a side note, I prefer tagging uh, because it makes it easier to see what your subscribers are interested in at a glance and to create more complicated automations going forward. I just, I prefer, I prefer tagging. The next thing, I want people to get their freebie right away without having to confirm their subscription. So just to clear things up, double opt-in is not required for GDPR or Castle or the new California thing that just came out or any anti-spam law. Um, If someone has told you that, they are wrong or they are a lawyer trying to mitigate risk. (laughs) So a double opt-in is good if you get a ton of spam signups to your list. I don't have that problem. (laughs) So I have never used double opt-in and I've never had an issue. Uh, So the thing for me now is that I need a platform that allows me to set whether I can have single or double opt-in because I don't want double opt-in to be mandatory. And most platforms now will let you choose, but uh, there was a time where double opt-in was mandatory on some platforms and it was kind of a nightmare for new small people list building. So I want the single opt-in, but I also want them, as soon as they subscribe, to immediately get that automated email that contains the freebie so they can download it. Now, it would be nice if the platform could store those documents directly, um, but if I have to, say, put it in Google Drive or Dropbox and then link to it, I'm okay with that. It's a, a nice-to-have feature, not a mandatory feature. So that's kind of the first, the, the, the opt-in part, the initial opt-in part. So the next part of my lead uh, funnel is that on that thank you page, they get the low-cost offer and um, if they purchase it, I need them to be identified in my platform. So again, uh, similar to before, I would like to be able to create a tag. Now, because this isn't people just filling out a form that's connected to my email, this is people are buying something. So I need to make sure that whatever software I'm using to sell, that again, I can connect it back to my email platform either directly or with a zap so that that tag or whatever it is automatically gets added to those people so that I can see who bought that um, small offer and who didn't. Because the next part is the nurture sequences. So for people who got the opt-in but didn't purchase that small offer, they get nurture sequence A. We'll call it nurture sequence A. So I need to make sure, because there's going to be multiple emails in that sequence, can I create a campaign, an automated campaign, that sends multiple emails? Because in some platforms and on some plans, you can't. You can just set up an automated email for one email. (laughs) So can I send out multi-email sequences? And ideally, now this 
this gets a little bit more technical, so bear with me. Now, ideally, this nurture sequence would be part of the larger automation that I'm setting up um, because it makes it easier to manage going forward. Um, so picture, if you will, a flowchart. So somebody opts in and they get the email with the freebie. And then they did not purchase the small offer. So the automation goes, okay, the subscriber does not have the tag small offer. So they go into sequence A and it's all part of the same automation. Um, so not only does that, um, that would be, it's not mandatory, but it's really, really nice to have. Um, not only is it all one, there is that com condition. So you notice how I say, if they don't have the tag small offer, then send email sequence A. So you can probably imagine what the next part of this is. So now we have to deal with the people who did purchase that small offer. So again, they come in from the opt-in, um, but these people did purchase. So now we have a branch that goes like this. People who have the tag small offer send email sequence B. So it kind of comes in like this, right? So again, it would be nice to have those all part of one automation. There may be platforms out there that only allow a certain amount of steps in an automation. And so I might have to split that up into three, like the, the freebie that they get might be one welcome sequence. And then sequence A and B for the nurturing parts might be two separate ones. If that is what I have to do, then I still need to be able to tell that platform, okay, when they finish the welcome sequence, look for the tag and then put them in whichever nurture sequence is the right one. So it still needs to be able to do that. I still need to be able to connect those separate sequences. Otherwise, the whole thing, there's going to be manual steps um, all throughout, which is part is I absolutely don't want that. <laughs> there doesn't need to be any manual intervention in this at this point. Okay, so that is the the part where they're getting the nurture um, sequence. And then at any point in that nurture sequence, if they book a call or if they purchase something, I need to take them out of the sequence. Because like I said, uh, they don't need to be getting emails about something that they just purchased. So this might involve um, if they're purchasing. So whatever your sales software is, again, it has to connect back to your email platform um, or your appointment booking software that might have to connect back to your email platform. So check into that. It could be direct integration or you might need another zap. So just be aware that you need those things enable to make that step automated, which is what I want. And the very last thing is for people who get all the way through the end of the automation and they weren't taken out at any point, um, I don't want them to just sit there and never hear from me again. And this is something that in the past I've forgotten to do a couple times. People went through a welcome sequence and then I never had instructions at the end for what to do with them. And so for months and months, 
they didn't hear anything from me after the welcome sequence because I forgot to add them into my regular weekly list. So there has to be some sort of automated way to move them from this nurture sequence into whatever your regular list or whatever is going to come next for those subscribers. So there is a lot more we could get into. Um, the big one would be email design. That's a hot topic right now, uh, which I'm not going to cover at the moment, but you can see how we've gotten specific enough that when I go to evaluate different email platforms, I know specific things I'm looking for, things that I must have and things that are just like would be a nice bonus, but I can live without it. And also maybe even some things that I don't really care whether it can do it or not or how advanced it can do it. So it's something I don't need to pay as close attention to. So say for a platform that is advertising email automation, I'm not just going to say, oh, I need to automate my lead funnel and you say you do automation. So sign me up um, because <laughs> I know my steps that I need everything to happen in. So when they say email automation, does that mean a single automated welcome email? Does it mean a multi-email automated sequence? Does it mean a multi-step automated sequence? Does that mean I can automatically add people to sequences based on tags or signup forms? Because these are all things I've identified that I might need to do. And so I know to look for those specific things. So I hope I've given you enough to think about that you are eagerly jotting down the steps in your workflow and that you're not too overwhelmed. Um, I will link to that three-part email platform comparison in the show notes. Just be aware that you do have to be a School for Heartful Entrepreneur member to access it. And yes, I will put the sign-up link for the membership in the show notes as well if you're not already a member. So that wraps up today's episode of BSing with Brandy. If you enjoyed this topic, you can find more like it at bsingwithbrandy.com. That's bsingwithbrandy with an I, please, not a Y, dot com, uh, along with the aforementioned show notes and links to any resources that I mentioned. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe to future episodes on the platform of your choice. And I wish you all the best getting shit done this week. Bye.